John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. Theme tune time. Let's go, John. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. I told you there's no way I'm singing. Come on. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. Yeah. John and Sam in Japan. Never gonna happen. And put your clothes back on, it's just weird. Ah, never! John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. Welcome to the show! Here's John. And here's Sam. And this is John and Sam in Japan. The international comedy podcast, um, from a car. <laughs> from the car? He's in the car, I can see yeah. the roof. He's got a sunroof for listeners. <laughs> yeah. These these teachers that don't believe them when they say they're poor. Oh, have you seen the rest of the car? <laughs> <laughs> I can't see the roof. <laughs> How was your week? I had anyway? a mare this. Well, I was about to say I had a mare this morning. I wanted to tell you about this. So it's Saturday here now in Japan, and on Saturday morning we put out the burnable rubbish. And when I went out there this morning, with I tied up two big bags of rubbish, and we've got like this kind of it's like a kind of cagey box thing that the like the neighborhood five or six car uh, five or six cars five or six houses put their rubbish in the same kind of area and then when i opened the lid of this cage thing and i chucked my bag in when i chucked yeah. it in i heard this noise <laughs> and one of one of the other bags under my bag had burst right so and this is it's not like in a bin it's in like a it's like in a cage on the floor yeah, so yeah, yeah. if you were me in this situation what are you doing so it's, it's not 8 your- o'clock you've got to go to work it's not your bag that's popped. It's somebody else's bag. No. It, yeah, but, I, it turned out to be. I thought it might have been mine, but it was someone else's underneath. Yeah. Uh, I'd have gone for a work and just thought, fuck it. <laughs> just <laughs> legged it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> nobody else saw, did they? Well, that was what I was worried about. Surely, I didn't know surely, the, was surely of... the, the bin men are going to, when they pick up the bags and they see one bag's ripped, they're just going to pick up the shit anyway because it's you know that's, <laughs> that's the job isn't it and, and they're very well, good at the job I mean, yeah i'm not sure if that's in the description but you know i i couldn't i couldn't leave it there i just thought if i get caught i mean i stand out enough in my neighborhood as it is let alone being also known as the man who chucks garbage and rubbish all over the street <laughs> but so i went back went back into the house got another one of our bin bags came back out and uh yeah put, but it was because it was burnable rubbish it was like soggy tea bags yeah, and food yeah. leftovers and there was and there was i don't even think this is burnable rubbish but there was nappies in there filled with like right. baby shit and stuff it was a it was a bad way to start saturday let's just say that <laughs> tell me you tell me you've had a better week than i have uh well, I'm at the moment. I'm at the moment inside the car because it's my daughter's uh, final Japanese school uh, of the year because it's the end of the school year. So last night she went to a birthday party. She had a sleepover at my friend's house, and she's friends with my friend's daughter. So I picked her up this morning at like what half eight in the morning, and my friend's wife was like, "My friend is in the doghouse." because uh, basically he got shit-faced and then decided to give all the kids like hot chocolates at two o'clock in the morning and then let them run outside in the dark in the garden. So they're all... Oh. Fuck- <laughs> so they're all fucking knackered. So they, they all think he's a legend. Oh, yeah, but like she got to... Uh, 
she's got to Japanese school, like, and she's got bits of chocolate in her hair and she just felt when we got out of the car she was like I'm going to be sick so she's basically having like a, a sort of an eight year old's version of a hangover and she's got she's got to stand in front of a, a room full of people and read uh, this Japanese story Momotaro I was like ah, oh, shit I was like I just said to her I said this is how daddy feels every Sunday morning <laughs> John, 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 Sam, in Japan. This is JNS in J News. Time for the news. John, what have you got for us? Uh, so this is a story from the uh, the Metro, and it's world's most what person identified so bad it's not even worth reading about right sorry do you say this is about a, a motorist did you say that am i no. am i have i literally just made that up yeah well this is oh, right. the world it's the world's most boring person identified so bad it's not even worth reading <laughs> <Okay>. about <laughs> okay <laughs> God, is it me it's not yeah. me is it i, I, I mean... <laughs> so uh, scientists have discovered what they believe to be the most boring person in the world. Um, do you want to take a? <laughs> do you want to have a guess at what the sort of criteria? What the yeah? What the criteria are to to uh, make you the world's most boring person? Right. So, it, have they identified like a single individual, or is no. this like a person's job? Or so this is a, a person's job, hobbies, where they live. So they've sort of associated all these uh, okay. things. And they've made it into a with being boring. Yeah. Can you tell me where? Can you tell me where the article's based? I mean, globally, it would be quite awkward. To... Uh, well, it doesn't. It doesn't give you an actual name of a town. It's just. Uh, it's like. Well, basically, it says if you live in a very small town, that's one of the things. You're okay. Be boring. All so right. all right. So is so we're going town type of town is small town job. Yep. I mean, yep. I'm sorry. This is an apology to my stepbrother in advance, but accountant. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Gary. We always knew it was true. <laughs> um, so how about like a, uh, no, a so sort of a hobbies? Hobby. Now, what what is Gary into? Is the question. <laughs> um, I think. <laughs> um, um, I'm going to say uh, model railways, which isn't Gary's thing, actually, but model railways. No, that's not on there. Um, so, watching TV. <laughs> which actually, so, I've just realised, is a slight dig at my stepdad, because he is into model railways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, watching TV is one of Apologies to my family. Watching TV, okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's quite broad. Yeah, smoking, which I didn't think that was a hobby. Um <laughs> It is for some people I know. Take it yeah. quite seriously. Yeah. Religion. Again, didn't think that was a hobby. <laughs> uh, and then the last one was uh, ornithology, uh, bird watching. Oh, right. So right. I, I, when I was about, I don't know, 10, I think it was my godmother, probably my godmother, sent me a, a kind of month or two month subscription to the Young Ornithologists magazine. And I was yeah. kind of like, some, tried to be into bird watching. I bet you gutted that the magazine, you saw that she sent you a magazine and you thought it had some tits in it. <laughs> <laughs> These are not the birds I'm looking for. 
She said, I'll yeah. send you a magazine with a pair of great tits in it. <laughs> but yeah, this uh, the guy says that uh, Dr. Wynyard Van Tilburg, who led the study, said boring people are generally disliked and avoided by others. He said, the irony is studying boredom is actually very interesting and has many real life impacts. I'll take his word for it. Um, but this paper shows yeah, how persuasive yeah. perceptions of boredom are and what an impact this can have on people. So this is the bit that was, well, for me, I thought it was quite interesting is um, perceptions can change, but people may not take time to speak to those with boring jobs and hobbies, instead choosing to avoid them. The fact that people choose to avoid them can lead to social ostracization ostracization, yep, and increased loneliness leading to really negative impact on their lives. So the knock-on effect is that people who are boring are more likely to self-harm, um, have drug addictions or mental health issues, which are all quite interesting, ironically. <laughs> is, that he, is that his opinion or yours? That's my opinion. <laughs> right, yeah. I... <laughs> Dr. Wynyard Van Tilburg does not find self-harm, drug abuse, and uh, what was the other one? Alcohol addiction. Uh, yeah, he doesn't find Amusing. those things. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, but I again, say, we've got the top top you, five most boring jobs. So we've got accounting. So do you want to take a guess on the other four? Um, okay. Uh, data and an, uh, analysis. analysis. Yes, that is up there. That's oh. number one, actually. Um, oh, is it? Number two is accounting. Yep. Oh, wow. I've done well. I mean, I yeah. feel like I should almost quit while I'm ahead. But let's well, see. No, no, go um, um, uh, is it like is it some field of teaching? In fact, that's going to be that's number five on the five most exciting jobs. Oh, all right, teaching yes, it's extremely exciting. Um, um, oh, is it something kind of like a manual labour, uh, cleaning or something like that? That's I would have to say probably not the most interesting. Oh, so cleaning. <laughs> Cleaning is number five, oh. uh, number four, sorry, cleaning. Yep. So you've got data analysis, number one, accounting, number two, uh, cleaning is number four. Go on, get, so, for the other two, um, give me, can I give me like a, a little bit of a hint? Think about like uh, what you have to pay your city. Oh, like a tax collector. You know, your city office workers. The Like a civil servant. Well, it just says tax or insurance. Ah, insurance, um, of course, yeah, insurance. And then the, the, the last one uh, is, yeah, banking, the last one. Oh. So, what do you think about the five most exciting jobs? So, oh, I've said right, number five's it. teaching. No, number five's teaching. Um, is it? Are they like exciting, as in dangerous, exciting, or just interesting? No, I get well. I, none of them seem particularly dangerous. Part, number three could be depending on how you do it, but no, they're all just. Uh, I guess it'd be interesting. Although, I don't know, I'd probably disagree with his findings, but. <laughs> So, number one, what do you think the most interesting job would be? In uh, I'm going to go... Uh, I don't think it really is interesting, but people might think it is because of Indiana Jones. Uh, archaeologist. <laughs> All right. No, no. Um, well, no, it's not. So, I'll tell you what. Number one is performing. Ah, but uh, I'll tell you what. I reckon you've just given me a hint there. You almost said yes. Is the answer like a scientist or like a, a researcher or something? Yeah. So, that's number two. Oh. So scientist is number two. Number one is performing arts. Number one is performing um, arts. Teacher. Yeah. Then number three is journalism. Number four is health professional. And number five is a teacher. So as a oh, science right. teacher, I should be an incredibly interesting person. <laughs> should be the operative word in that sentence. Yeah. After hearing your list about the uh, boring stuff, it's got me quite paranoid because... 
when I was young, I had my ornithology magazine, started smoking quite young, definitely enjoyed watching TV and always loved a big sleep. So I've got a feeling that maybe I was like one of the most boring children ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you have religion in your life? <laughs> <laughs> only, only when I went to church when I was going with the Cub Scouts, which... Oh, oh God. I think being in the Cub Scouts was a sign of being boring. <laughs> I think that was the nail in my, my coffin. coffin. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that was J&S-N-J News. the corner you can learn a lot about different cultures but not corners learn while having fun in culture corner it's a corner words phrases metaphors you'll soon know the score find out what they mean with a Culture Corner team. Hi, my name's John and this is Culture Corner. I'm here today to talk about the traditional British dish, fish and chips. Now, rightly, British food has a global reputation as being pig swill. However, fish and chips, when done correctly, surpasses all other foreign muck. Now, the history of fish and chips is quite controversial. The Scots claim to have invented it because they have a deep history of deep frying things. Celts used to deep fry a toddler every time there was a new full moon, however there is no record of them ever deep frying a fish. During the Dark Ages, the Catholic Church was such a powerful force that they forbid any mention of battering a fish, for the reason that Jesus was a fisherman, and so battering a fish would be like battering Jesus, which only the Roman soldiers were allowed to do during his crucifixion. For me personally, I think a good place, see what I did there, to start is the seminal work A History of Fish and Chips, The Soul Story by Captain Thomas Birdseye. He recounts in his book how fish first came to be battered on board his ship, the HMS Reading. He heard two cooks on board arguing about what to feed the crew members. I'll read a short excerpt from his book. It was Wednesday the 17th of March... 1897 and we were harboured in Portsmouth. We'd received orders from the Admiralty to head post haste to Cape Cod. I was writing in my diary when I heard an awful commotion coming from the galley and so I went down and I found my two chefs, Mr Winston, an obnoxious loudmouth cockney fellow, berating the second chef, Mr Gascoigne, a feeble mandant northerner from Newcastle. Neither men saw me enter as they were too engrossed in their argument about what to do with the fish. Mr. Gascoigne said, I don't know mate, I just, I think you can just put the fish in there and like you'll eat it and it'll taste alright. To which Mr. Winston replied, you can't do that to a fish you fucking muppet. 
Look what you've done to it. You made me look like a right cunt. To which Mr. Gascoigne replied, Well, if you don't want it, don't eat it then, but try it, because it's fucking gorgeous. When I made my presence known, both men stood to attention, and I decided to try and settle their argument by tasting this fish that Mr. Gascoigne had battered in egg, milk and flour, and deep fried. And I have to say, it was divine. I imagined it tasted just like Queen Victoria's pussy. Now, I'm going to stop reading there because he does get quite uh, sexual and there's no need for it. But, for my money, I think that shows that the true history of British fish and chips was made on board uh, the HMS Red Herring. And I think that it just proves that we as a nation are just brilliant and we are better than all other nations, which is why we agreed for Brexit. And um, I think if anybody doesn't like fish and chips, then you're a racist. And that's all from me in Culture Corner. Sam loves musical comedy And John hates listening to it Cause John hates absolutely everything He's a miserable fucking git You live in Japan but wish you were back home? Get down to Mr. Disco's Roppongi's premier nightclub and bar. We only speak English. Want to meet English teachers? Come on down. Want to see military guys get loose? Come on down. Want to have a chat with investment bankers who are suspiciously stimulated? Come on down. Visit Mr. Disco's. That feels like you never left home. Yo, Johnny McBee and Sammy O.T. Two Brits talk a shit over a cup of tea Probably a spot of milk and a crumpet, please But there's something else cooking in the kitchen Could someone answer the burning question? Alright, and now it's time for the burning question So, this episode's burning question was What's the most problematic uh, digs you've lived in Or house that you've lived in? So, has anybody been in touch, Sam? Uh, yeah Tim got in touch on email, uh, John and Sam in Japan at gmail.com, by the way. Uh, he said, I was, li- I was living in a share house with a couple and they broke up. After they broke up, <laughs> we still had to live together. <laughs> we still had to live together for six more months. <laughs> and, yeah, I oh, think that, that's, that, that would be that, that is kind of a problematic situation. Yeah. So Mark sent us a, an email as well, and he said that uh, him and his friends at university got ripped off because they lived in a house and were paying rent, only to find out that the person they were paying the rent to didn't own the house at all, and so they got evicted. <laughs> no. Yeah. Fucking hell, can you imagine <laughs> so that? Somebody was just scamming them and stealing their money. Yeah. <laughs> Smart. Whoever did it. <laughs> Not them, obviously. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's smart. I mean, it sounds like you're going to go into a little bit of a scam scam situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just turn up at someone's house and say, right, you've got to pay my rent into this account. So you just pay the rent into the account and then after a few months just get told you've not been paid your rent and get evicted. <laughs> How about for you? Well, uh, when, I, well, when I was at university, I lived in a massive uh, shared house. There's probably like 30 people with individual rooms in like a building. 
not a halls of residence, but kind of similar. And it was great. Like there was no major problems. But the a problematic situation happened when we had a party there, and then one of the one of the guests, I don't know who it was, let off the powder fire extinguisher. Oh yeah. Have you yeah. ever had you yeah. know those ones? And they let it off in the kitchen and it like coated the entire kitchen with this like fine white powder. Yeah, yeah. And the problematic situation was A, that, and B was the next day when the landlady came round because someone had grassed us up and she <laughs> came round and like literally kind of 20-year-old men and women stood in the kitchen being told off by the owner <laughs> of the house. And yeah, that that was kind of certainly an awkward moment because well we didn't really have a leg to stand on either no well that reminds me of when uh, me my friends came over from when i was living in japan my friends came to visit and we decided we'd go down to hiroshima and so we went out and there's four of us we went out and two of us were in we stayed in this sort of like little guest house and there's two of us in each room and we got absolutely hammered and um one of my friends is a fucking liability and so when we came back um he got the fire extinguisher and he was going, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I was like, don't be a prick, do not do it. Um, obviously, as soon as you say that to somebody, you're just going to do it. So I ran into the toilet. Um, <laughs> it, was like a, it, was like a, it was like a communal toilet. So I ran into the toilet and um, he just did it. And then I kind of came out of the toilet and the entire corridor was covered. And I was the guy who owned the uh, sort of guest house was going absolutely ballistic um, and I was saying, it's nothing to do with me. I haven't done anything. And then uh, he's going, it was your friend. And I said, I don't know. I think it was some Canadian guy. And he's like, you're the only people who stayed in this guest house. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and oh, <laughs> I, I like it, though. The kind of detail of blaming Canadians and <laughs> yeah. not Americans. It yeah. shows real kind of ingenuity and <laughs> kind of thinking on your feet. There. Well, we'd have got away with it too, apart from my mate's fucking footprints <laughs> in the white powder led directly <laughs> to our room. So I was like, well, yeah, not going to get away with that are we <laughs> fucking knobhead and it's worse because they, they were just visiting whereas because I lived there I'd have to give them my sort of uh, you know my guiding card so I was just expecting the police to fucking come and you know have me um, the police would come and knock down your door at early hours of the morning yeah so <laughs> good job that never happened eh? yeah <laughs> well, that's a different story for a different podcast isn't it <laughs> I have to check with the lawyers about that one. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, John and Sam Uh, uncut, I think. (laughs) Yeah, when I when I first moved to Japan, I lived with um, because I got I was working for a company. They put you in a shared a flat with two other people, and so one was like this dead chilled out Canadian guy who I liked a lot, and then the other was this really really loud uh, American who was young. Um, he was a performing arts major and he was just obnoxious. Um, not so, not really obnoxious to me, but he was just fucking vile towards Japanese people and just ignorant um, in all the worst stereotypical ways that uh, you would say an American could be. And um, about a month and a half before he left Japan, he decided that him and his girlfriend should move in together, um, but into where we lived. So his girlfriend just moved in, didn't pay any rent, and they just sit there and just like get off with each other. So it'd be like the two, three of us sat on a sofa watching a film because there's only one TV in the apartment and they just start proper tonguing. And you know, like she'd be like rubbing his crotch and stuff and he'd be getting, <laughs> oh a, he'd be getting a stiffy. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah. I was I've like, not heard this, you know, this is ridiculous. 
you know, force me to go force me to go out and get a girlfriend to be fair. <laughs> the sex people Lynn. <laughs> no, they're not like swingers, they're just uh, just frisky and um yeah, just ridiculous. But then, so we'd be watching, and their their bedroom was next to the living room. It's like a sliding door thing. So they'd be sat there. We'd be watching like fucking Die Hard or something, and she'd start rubbing his cock, and then they'd just start tugging each other, and then um, go into this sliding behind this sliding door, and start shagging. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not blaming them for my alcoholism. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's all for today's show. Just leaves me to say thanks to everyone who's involved. Uh, thanks to Ruben VM uh, for the jingles and stuff that you all provides, and Matt Perkins, of course. And thanks to you, the lovely listeners. Don't forget, get in touch. John and Sam in Japan uh, at gmail.com and Twitter and all those other places. Facebook, internet. John, so <laughs> yeah. John save me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next episode's birdie questions. Just because uh, how bad my daughter feels now is, where, can you think of a time when you were a child where you felt really ill? Um, so obviously it's pre-alcohol so just when you you had a day where you felt like a kid's version of a hangover <laughs> and what were yeah. you having to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah I like it alright anything else no I think that's all alright catch, catch you later, later. it is time to go that's the end of the show if you liked it, write a review. Five stars or F you. And if you want to get in touch, we'd like that very much. Send a tape of your comedy. Not a tape, just an MP3. Send us some comedy or a song that is funny. Send us your favorite bit. But we don't want your dick pics. It is time to go, that's the end of the show. Tell your friends and your family, or even the people you're married. You should join in, answer the burning question. Send a new story, preferably something we can find about. We're on the social media sites, Facebook and Twitter, day and night. It's John and Sam in Japan at gmail.com. And if you do this, then maybe, just maybe, Sam will put his clothes back on. John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast.